I'll do, I'll do it again, shall I? Well, why not? Uh, welcome to North v South. This is episode 109 of um, the podcast that is and isn't about design. I'm John Element, and on the other end of the internet line is Rob Turpin. Correct. Hello, Hello John. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. Got a coffee, so all is well with the world. Yeah, I have too. And I'm munch- munching on a little Portuguese tartlet. I do love a... Is it a pasta donata? Is that what they're called? Yeah, I say that in the baker and they just give me a look like I'm a wanker. <laughs> but I just say Portuguese custard tart. Yeah. Or custard tart. Well, made of honour, really, isn't it? Well, a little bit. Made of honours, they're kind of flatter, aren't they? And Are they? Not quite as succulent. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, made of honour uh, originated in uh, a little place in Kew, didn't it? Made of honour. Um... Hmm, they were, were they Henry VIII's oh, favourite favorite tart? Yes, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> one of his many. Yes, not as good as a Portuguese version. I've got to say, no, not as good because I think because of the smallness of the uh, of the Portuguese, it, it's a nice little burst of sweetness, isn't it? Mm. Whereas the other ones, that they're they're a bit heftier. Yeah, yeah. We've been away. We haven't been doing anything over the summer. I've been really, really busy um, with uh, looking after my daughter, and Rob's been very, very busy with weddings. God, yes. Um, yeah, so uh, we're sort of a day after the uh, the passing of our monarch, uh, which is the majority of people hugely respected. No, maybe not as an institution, but no, definitely, but definitely a person. A... Yes, you can't fault her uh, service, really, can you? No, and uh, I was I was lucky enough to meet her. Of course, you bloody were. <laughs> the North v South has never been more appropriate. Yeah, I know it could be could could get serious. This did she babysit you as a kid or something? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How did you meet the Queen, John? Oh, she came to my school and came into my art class. Well, my school was in Windsor Castle. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I met her and Prince Philip. I saw her loads, actually, in Windsor. And she used to come yeah. and watch our cricket and all sorts of things. But she was, uh, yeah, much loved it at my school. Obviously, I bet. say with the yeah. Queen's choristers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, once trodden on by, um, uh, or nearly trodden on by the uh, Prince of Wales's horse. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that you? You were down in the gutters. Yeah, yeah, like a poor little surf begging for scraps, <laughs> running yeah. after his horse with a bucket. Yeah, Let me roses. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's your summer been then? Just, just busy with uh, with Kitty. Yeah, entirely that. I went to France for yeah. uh, a week or so and saw the Bio Tapestry, which was amazing, which I'd never yeah. seen, never been to. No, I've never been. I've never been to northern France, actually. No, I always drive through it at a massive, yeah. you know, rapid rate. Uh, I loved Normandy, thought it was fantastic. Mm. Um, and we were very lucky with the weather. Uh, saw a little tiny bit of uh, World War II stuff. I went to Keith Douglas, the war poet's grave. Okay. Paid my respects, and um, and then we went on to bio. That was all on the last day get, to get the uh, ferry home. Um, but the bio is is just amazing. It is how long is it? It's sixty eight meters long. Some of the last panels are missing. Um, okay, yeah, it's brilliant. Really, it's really good, good nick. Yeah, really amazing nick. I mean, it's been kind of like annotated over the years. You know, there's the the, the sections are marked on there. Um, it was repaired by Victorian uh, Victorians, and they tried to sort of cover up some of the more lewd uh, aspects of <laughs> what the they tapestry. like. Yeah, those bloody Victorians. <laughs> well, they used, they even added uh, this is uh, from um, "You're Dead to Me" the podcast. They were talking about it uh, a couple of months ago. Um, they added the uh, uh, some feathers to the end of the line that was reputedly went into Harold's eye. You know, the, the fact that mm. he was killed by an arrow to the eye yeah. is complete nonsense because he wasn't killed by an arrow to the eye. And they don't think now that that's him in the tapestry. He sort of follows on as being hacked okay. to death by uh, by certain knights because that kind of tees with the uh, the actual, well, the uh, the only kind of record of it from that time that he was he had, he had a leg chopped off or whatever. They added a feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten how to speak. Um, so anyway. It was yeah, brilliant, 
really, really recommend it. And it wasn't overdone like it would be if it was in London. Um, yeah. It was just really simple. Um, you know, you just queued up and walked past it and that was it. You were done. And yeah. out, there wasn't any kind of pomp. Did you come away with uh, a couple of hundred feet of canvas and an embroidery kit to uh, do your own? Well, I know I've got a uh, one of my family members. Well, all my family actually made a, a, a miniature version of it, didn't they, about a few yeah. years ago? Um, yeah, like kind of a Star Wars one. I don't know. I think it's in storage um, in L.A. somewhere. Really? What I last heard of it. Yeah, a bit like the Ark of the Covenant hmm. locked away. That was Aled's doing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he had all of the... Uh, the fe- I have to say it was all the females of the family um, literally working like slaves doing cross-stitch <laughs> to try and finish Crazy. it in time. So, yeah, that was fun. Um, I've been where I've, I've been camping uh, with with Kitty, just me and Kitty. We went down to Dorset and had a great Lovely. time. Whereabouts in Dorset were you? We were a sort of north of Lyme Regis, so a couple of valleys away. Nice. Um, yeah, be- beautiful part. Did you fossil at all? Um, we went into a fossil shop, yeah. Um, but it's a bit busy for fossiling mm. at the moment. You know, it, it, in the summer, it's um, yeah. pretty rammed. I yeah, st- ignored the sun, stayed out of the sun as much as possible. I've been cleaning out a garage uh, of just junk that's accumulated over the last twelve years. Are you planning on turn? Are you planning on turning the garage into like a hot yoga studio or something? <laughs> No, we can't afford it. I've got to replace the garage door, and that's costing me £3,000. <gasps> yeah, I know. Jeez. Yeah. You haven't got hand-embroidered? No, that's just a normal steel garage, double garage door. Bloody hell. I know. Tell me about it. Yeah, we went up to the British Museum, Kitty and I. Um, she wanted to go and see the... Um... Mummies. Well, actually, she didn't want to see that. But, oh, she she loved the mummies, um, and she really liked the bog pick, the bog man yeah. up there um and we like the anglo-saxon stuff but she wanted to go and see the uh, rosetta stone oh cool she's been doing about that at school yeah i think so she was doing egyptians last year um, yeah so yeah that's 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 you know sort of a summary of my summer what have you been what have you been doing i mean it really has just been weddings um because of pandemic lots of people had to cancel their weddings or postpone them and then they booked them for when they could so they booked them for this year but obviously we already had weddings booked in for this year so we ended up with effectively twice as many weddings so i think it was 23 weddings in july and august which kind of doesn't sound that bad but then when you think a wedding really is four or five days work and we had at some cases five in eight days it was pretty horrific um it was just like you know, 16, 18 hour days for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, we're both pretty broken by the end of it. But really that that has been my summer. I haven't got out for walks hardly since Iceland. I haven't really been out. I think I've been out once to Chobham Common. So I haven't been out with the camera, I haven't been out with the drone. And it's only in the last couple of weeks really that I've um, been able to get to my desk and do some work. Yeah, I'm, so, ga- I'm gagging to get back to um, just a regular working time. Yeah. Um, it's still it's still not possible entirely because my wife is uh, away a lot. But um, mm. yeah, I just can't wait. I, I feel like completely discombobulated. I probably spoke about it before, but I'm at, I'm at a crossroads where do I go back into design or do I do something entirely different? I and I'm mm. still sort of. I thought, oh, I'll think about that over the summer, and I haven't thought about it at all. We don't. You don't really, do you? And no. Unless you gr- grasp an idea that you can really run with and have time to explore, it's kind of, you've just got to keep pushing it on. Yeah. That's why I'd quite like a sort of a, a, a job that is a bit, you know, just you know, just allows me to just think about stuff. Yeah, there is a real, yeah. a real treat with sometimes with a, a job that doesn't require your thoughts. Like when I, sometimes when I'm doing wedding stuff, because I do a lot of the greenery and foliage planks and hanging stuff, and I sit there in the garden for two or three hours making these big foliage installations, and they don't require kind of all of my mental capacity, so I can just sit there and think about stuff. But yeah, and like one thing we said yesterday, when you haven't got much time, it's really difficult to work, and then when you do get time, it's it's difficult still to settle down and do the work because. You kind of feel 
bit pressured. You know, if you've only got half a day, you think I've got to make this count. Or, or if you've only got half a day, it's like, can't really get into anything in half a day. Or, you know, it takes you half of that half day to kind of settle down and get to grips with what you're doing, doesn't it? And then, you know, all your time's gone. It's It really is difficult to, to get anything done if you don't have a good slab of time to to dedicate to it. I think also... And this is just my experience, but I don't know if anybody else is feeling this, but work used to be very defined. You would be given a task um, Mm. by a client or, you know, a senior member of your staff and you'd go away and you'd complete that task and then they would give you another task. But it seems like that's not the case. You're, it's almost like we're scared of defining tasks because things are so fluid all the time that it's hard to, uh, Hard to get a brief from somebody proper that's a proper brief, you know. It's yep. hard to get proper direction because it's got to go to X, Y, and Z, or they can't make a decision on it. We seem to be running out of the capability for decision making at senior level, <laughs> and you just end up just doing the same. It's just you know a job that just iterates and iterates mm-hmm. and iterates and never seems to end. And I think that's that's that I like jobs that start and finish and. Yeah. That seems to have disappeared, whether that's just because of my age or the different clients that I've had or whatever. But yeah, I used to love, I was thinking back to um, when I worked in the sign factory of what we call weeding, which was when you'd, you'd put these uh, vinyl sheets onto plotters and then they would cut, cut out with a blade, the lettering and shapes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you had to peel away all the excess. And that was yeah. kind of the majority of your job. You know, you'd be doing it for four or five hours a day. And that, you could just turn off your mind completely because you weren't thinking about anything. And I, yeah. I really enjoyed doing that, you know, not all the time, but you know, when you think, Oh, I've got three hours of that. And then um, it never got boring because you yeah. just occupied your mind. If you said, yeah, me. absolutely. No, I get yeah. that completely. Yeah. Whereas now it's just easy to pick up a phone, isn't it? And look at Twitter or whatever piece yeah. of rubbish that you're, you know, obsessing over, over at the moment. And, and, and you fill your mind with that. And it's not doesn't give your your brain room to uh, to be creative or to think or to explore mm. silence. No, you're completely right. I still haven't recovered from the pandemic. It, you know, really through my ability to concentrate out of the window and my ability to just to concentrate on things for any period of time. Um, like I've said in the notes, I haven't. I've read one book since the start of the pandemic. I used to read one a week. Yeah. And I just can't settle down to that kind of concentration anymore. And it's really difficult to work. And, you know, and it, you know, that again is not helped by not having uh, a good portion of time to, to do it. Yeah. Difficult. I think also we've reached, you know, we've touched on before of like social media saturation where, you know, you used to put in a certain amount of effort and get something back. Now you put Ooh. in any amount of effort and you get nothing, absolutely nothing back. Yeah. Or you get engagement that is so negative and so depressing that it either puts you off using it or it just, it sort of redoubles your efforts to try and break yeah. that. that Have you been posting those beach selfies again? <laughs> I haven't done any. I've, I think I did one yesterday because uh, I thought, oh, I better do something. But I have, haven't yeah. posted any social media it, since the beginning of the summer especially on instagram i might have, might have tweeted a few things but nothing i, I don't, i'm not really a conversation conversationalist on on them i i it makes me too angry to read i i i've decided all i do now on twitter is read people you know people that i like political it's mainly political commentators yeah. talking about things but i will never follow the the thread of what they they you know their announcements because it's just too toxic mm-hmm. it's like it's really really horrible um I think though it's interesting because I've also been reading I read mean, a book um lots of stuff about kind of like where we are today as a society not globally but also I'm really interested in where does England go next where does Great Britain go next where does the United Kingdom go next yeah. I think we really are at a crossroads and I think what's happened yesterday is a real end of an era um not just for, you know since 1953 since this the beginning of the union i think you know i think this is going to be either the breakup of the union um and we have to redefine our national boundaries of what what is it to be 
English. What is it to be British? These are things that are really gnawing, have been gnawing away at me, I think, and will define my sort of my reading and thinking over the next few years. I, I'm not stressing about it, or I don't have any particular opinions, but um, I think that we really are. We've we've you know we've gone in that car off the edge of the cliff with the yeah. death of the the Queen. I, yeah, you know, I agree. Will the, will the royal family survive this? Will we? continue to have a two-party political system will scotland break away will you know and therefore wales will ireland unite or break up i think we, you know the, all of these things are coming to a head um and that the monarch was the one thing that held that together i think you know it, it kept that continu- yeah. continuity from victorian sense of an empire um through to today and that has now broken yeah, I agree completely. I was so, I was I was reading about the the Commonwealth as well. The you know because the Queen was the head of state of many countries around the world. The, a lot of their laws are specifically um, written with reference to the Queen, not just the monarch. So there's lots of laws that need to be rewritten, and a lot of this is coming at a time when. You know, many of these countries are, are getting uh, growing independence movements, uh, Republican movements, uh, and it could just be the catalyst for for a huge amount of change, couldn't it? Yeah, I've just read a book called Identity by Francis Fukuyama. He's a kind of historian philosopher mm. from America. It's basically about it, it's him looking at the the cult of identity, um, identity politics. And about how we perceive ourselves within society. So he talks about society being a group of people that you, a small clan, you know, whether you are an ethnic minority or you are homosexual or you are white, wing, left wing. Yeah, exactly. Wittering on about nonsense. Um, and then how do you sit within a nation? And then how do nations sit next to each other in terms of their identity? It's an interesting, you know, it sort of tr- tracks the rise of nationalist populist politics because it's very easy to uh, 50% of the population to feel aggrieved by making law for somebody who's 1% of the population. Mm. Um, It's that whole uh, Rotten Tomatoes thing of like, you know, if film isn't over 50% liked by people, then it's seen as a failure. Whereas actually it's, it's all right for 50% of people to like something and 50%, it doesn't mean it's good or bad, does it? Ten percent um, of the people absolutely love it, and it's yeah. worth value. I also read the Circle by David Egg- Eggers, which I th- believe was made into a film. I haven't watched it, and it was yeah, a film Tom Hanks terrible, film, terrible. Yeah, I haven't reviews. read that. Uh, I'm not convinced that David Eggers is a great writer. I mm. I don't like his style that much. I think it's very. Uh, I think I read his first book and really liked it, and haven't read anything. Yeah, been. I have read his book, but is that the one uh, great? Staggering work of it's incredible genius. Yeah, but this is about a kind of a Facebook kind of company that um, attracts you know all the best of its uh, uh, of its generation, um, and it's about life on the campus. Um, and it's just horrible. It's everybody in it is is despicable and horrible. And you kind of and I think he wrote it quite a long time ago. I think it might be a 2013 book, but it had literally everything he's written in it is you know has come true. Yeah, well, I won't give away the ending, but um, no. it kind of just reiterates the fact that, you know, technology might be a great a liberal freeing thing in essence, but actually at the end of the day, it's just creating a, a really unpleasant world <laughs> in which to live. And I think we go yeah. on to talk about that with uh, AI art um, a bit oh, later. God. I don't know if I can bring myself to talk about that, John. Well, I've got some interesting like articles okay. to look at. But um, and I think that's why you know, and, and it's it's obvious at times of great stress in society, we tend to fantasy bec- becomes quite important, and mm. so therefore, I think everybody's watching and <laughs> and uh, consuming fantasy stuff at the moment, whether that's Marvel or Lord of the Rings or yeah. Game of Thrones or um, yeah, anything like that. That people are just are, are being drawn to it, aren't they? Well, escapism, isn't it? I mean, it's. It's why I think in the last 20 years I've predominantly read uh, science fiction. I used to read a lot of of contemporary fiction, and Mm. I don't really anymore. I think I just want to 
when I read, I want to disappear into another world and escape this one. Well, I, I, the problem is with a lot of like, if we say, say, take uh, Sally Rooney, um, a contemporary Irish writer, mm. her characters are so denuded of any kind of nuance or empathy for each other that you you just feel like you're. It's again, it's that sort of Facebook campus feel. It just feels like humanity has lost sense of itself, and that's why I think it's really it, it is great reading sci-fi because the writers can actually put something back into the characters um, yeah. or, or not, you know, the case may be, but I think that gives you, that, that gives them the opportunity or to go into the distant past or whatever, but still. So I think like, you know, game of Thrones still applies modern sort of social discussions in yeah. those things, but it allows the characters to be a bit more bombastic, a bit more, uh, Colourful. A bit more human, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, have you watched the Lord, the Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings? I have. I have watched The Rings of Power and The House of the Dragon. Oh, and right. um, I'm enjoying them both. I loved it. I was really surprised. I really didn't think I'd want to watch it. Um, and I thought it was just brilliant. And I think, yeah, one of the good things about it is that it's not trying to touch on any of the stories that I know. So therefore, I don't feel like any kind of uh, any lines being crossed in terms yeah, of yeah because they're, they're basically dealing with a time that was uh, touched on in the appendices of of Tolkien's work, aren't they? Yeah, it was kind of you know lists of things that happened without any descriptive no. or narrative. Is it true that they're not allowed to actually use any of the written stories? Yeah, <laughs> they paid two hundred fifty million dollars for the, the rights to not to the appendices. And appendices. <laughs> But it's it's all very muddied now anyway, because the Tolkien estate has just sold the rights to kind of everything else to someone else. I think a, a video game company. Is it the company that does, I don't know, like Clash of Clans or Soda Saga or something stupid like that? No, right. One of these huge companies. Um, yes, it's very weird, the, the rights situation. But yes, uh, I'm loving it. I've watched them both episodes twice, actually, of the Rings of Power. Because I was going to, I I started playing it to Kitty because I thought she'd love the Harfoots, and she really did love the Harfoots. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, I, I I'm going to watch it again. I I really I wish I had a bigger, better TV. Yeah. Because I think it would really benefit from it. But it's seven hundred and fifty million dollars. Is that? That's is that including right? the rights. I think they've spent four hundred and fifty million dollars on the first series, which is eight episodes. Wow. Plus, um, plus $250 million in rights. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of Game of Thrones? I really enjoy it. I like mm. the Shakespearean talking yeah. uh, speech in it. I think it's they've, very they've kind of gone back. Yeah. yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I think uh, the lead, the king, and his, his name, Paddy Considine, yeah. is just terrific. Yeah. Uh, he just looks so fab. tortured and sweaty and... Like, you know, just like a medieval king would be, you know, just yeah. filled with wine and bile and <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is fabulous, isn't he? I, know. I thought that was fella. really weird casting, but yeah, he's got a real otherworldly look about him, hasn't he? But yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, he's great as well. Yeah, I, lo- I love that fact that all three of them go hunting. Like one the king I'm gonna spot spoiler, but the king, you know, has to be help to kill this what's not even the real stag in this hunt yeah. she sort of his daughter frenziedly destroys a wild boar that lands on top of her and then his brother who's sort of rooting for the the throne is dragging this poor sort of well, i don't even think he's poor but this weird crab king with mm-hmm. all his guts kind of spilling out the vision the, those three things was just yeah this is yeah, game Grand, on. Yeah, <laughs> really, really, really game good. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. But Sandman is another fancy series on at the moment, isn't it? And I, not, it's not grabbing me. I've watched quite a few. I think I've watched four episodes. I wasn't a fan of the comic, so I don't know. I, I, I'll keep on at it. But um, I, I watched it, and I, I did enjoy most of it. It's a bit weird because the, you know, the lead character is weirdly aloof and stuff. But in some ways, the the better episodes are the one where it's not really about him. It's about other people and kind of how they interact with him a bit. Um, they weirdly dropped two bonus episodes sort of a week after it had 
launch, didn't they? And and one of those is one of the best episodes. Ah, oh, right, okay. Well, right. Do you think they added those just to try and explain what was going on? No, because it's not it's not like that at all. But because even they, the co- even the comic books, if you try and read them in chronological order or whatever, it's so confusing. You're not quite mm-hmm. sure where the story starts, where it doesn't start. And I'm guessing that's part of the part of the story. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I struggled with the the comics because I really did not like the art. Yeah, I don't like the art. It's that kind of sprayed sprayed art, isn't it? The mm-hmm. airbrush. It's like the Rivers of London is very yeah. similar art to that. Yeah. Too realistic for me. Uh, yeah, so there's been lots on um, Prey. Oh. You really liked a uh, Predator film. I, I watched really it last did. week, and I, I really did not like that. I thought, did you not? Rub- no, I loved <gasps> the premise of it. I loved the, I loved the idea of it. I thought the acting was terrible. And oh, the, I thought the acting was great. I and the, the the effects the were awful. Were what was that bear? No. That okay, bear. yeah, the bear wasn't great. No, I thought it was a really good. No, I didn't like film. it. Well, then maybe I'd never like the Predator films. I thought I did. Mm. I used to play the Alien versus Predator on the Atari Jaguar, oh, wasn't yeah. it on? You're, you're dead to me. Alien versus Predator. That should never have happened in any <laughs> world. Well, it did, Rob, and I yes. killed the alien. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been consuming then, Jonathan? Oh, well, obviously too much stuff. Um, well, it's been uh, a while, hasn't it, So. Yeah, um, indie music films, King Rocker by Stuart Lee, a film cool. about um, the Nightingales, a sort of semi-legendary band from Birmingham. Um, even if you know, I knew nothing about them. They're kind of like, if you think the full kind of right. sounding, shambly kind of poet-led band. Yeah. But the background backstory of them is completely made up. Um, you know, there's loads of lies about it, members drop in and out, but it's all centred around the lead singer who's still still going um but what it's a film more about uh storytelling and uh and it's got some great footage of sort of old cities birmingham london it's a really good film um yeah yeah, i really recommend it king rocker it's called and i think it's on now tv at the moment okay um as is teenage superstars which is a, a another documentary about indie uh, by um, indie music from uh, Glasgow. Uh, so it's got Teenage Fan Club, Soup Dragons, BMX Bandits, Primal Scream. So if you're into that kind of thing, then that's a really good, really good documentary. I never knew the Soup Dragons were from Scotland. Yeah, they're all, they're all from the same band, Teenage oh. Fan Club. They're all mates growing oh, up. Okay. Yeah. Bell, Bell Seal, is it? Is that, I think it's just outside Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that film's by Grant McPhee, McPhee. So, and that's on Sky Art. So, I think that's on Now TV as well. There's Ooh. Now TV's got some great little documentaries hidden away. Yeah, I just finished a book called Treacle Walker, the latest book by Alan Garner. I uh, don't know if you've read any of his stuff. He wrote the Owl Service. Um, I know the name. But he's kind of like a uh, an English folklorist writer who writes mm. children's books, and this is called Treacle Walker, who is a rag and bone man and he comes to this uh the house of this boy who's suffering from some kind of uh, eye problem and he can see the real world through one eye and he sees magic through another eye wow and it's just written in this kind of northern dialect um did you understand it it's very poetic that i'd say it reminds me of um seamus heaney's sort of writing the way he wrote um but yeah it's only about 100 pages long really enjoyed it just sat while my Daughter had a swimming lesson and, uh, oh, and read it nice. in the back. But yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful bit of English vernacular, yeah. dreamscape cool. sort of book. Uh, what, yeah. have you been, what have you been consuming? Not a lot, apart from the you know the TV programs we've touched on. I haven't done any reading at all. So I, I have managed to do a little bit of work here and there. I've been working on some sketchbook spaceships, so just these little A five. Um. Spaceship illustrations, which um, I sell, which is quite nice. They seem to go quite well. Um, so I've done a couple of dozen of those. I'm working on some kind of concept art illustration for tabletop role-playing game, um, but it, it, which is really nice. It's just science fiction-based stuff, and I've got quite a free reign to do kind of what I want. But it's really uh, the the rest of the team are very much gamers and tabletop role-playing gamers and i'm not i've never played one at all and it you know my naivety and ignorance is really kind of um laid bare because 
I haven't got a clue what they're talking about on, on the, the Slack channels at all. So I'm really having to kind of reread a lot of the world building and the game mechanics stuff, just really so I have a clue what I'm doing. I mean, I'm just designing weird little sci-fi things. So it's not essential that I know exactly how the game's going to work, but yeah, I do feel like a bit of a an interloper. Going to be a, a published well, book, or is it? Yeah, I think I think they've brought me on. I don't think the guy who's doing it wants it to be kind of set in stone how everything looks. So I think he wants to produce the game and the 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 kind of guidebook, world building bible sort of thing, and let other people contribute think or kind of create their own what you call them campaigns for it or so I, i'm not entirely sure yeah he's he's g- gonna make all the the little figures and everything he's bought industrial machinery mm-hmm. that do stuff uh, you know like a a garage full of things that arrived on a flatbed truck wow um yeah so it's it's a, it's a big old thing and the, the rest of the team have been working on it for about a year 18 months so there's there's lots of world building. It's a really cool concept, which I'll tell you about. But yeah, oh well, it's really keep, interesting. Keep us up to date as much as you can. Yeah, um, I also, also over the summer, which was kind of intertwined with weddings, I developed a bit of an interest in spiders because okay. uh, we had some foreign spiders arrive in some flower deliveries. Oh yeah, uh, including a huntsman. <laughs> um, which was really? Yes, yeah. So, and Where's I thought, come from the, then? I thought. Australia. Australia, and they do, but because most of Europe's flowers come from Holland, and even if the flowers initially don't come from Holland, they come through Holland, there are um, colonies of lots of foreign spiders in Holland, specifically around Aylesmere, the flower markets. So you can find lots of foreign spiders in Holland, and occasionally they, they get shipped out here so i had a an east australian house spider and uh yeah a, a huntsman which steph kind of shouted me down when i was up in the office shouted me down said rob come and look at this spider uh and it just looked wrong for britain you know it's just the wrong shape it wasn't yeah. huge but uh she's like oh um no. but i ended up sending that to a to a spider specialist uh, right. who, who Collects and keeps spiders, and she's going to write it up for the British Spider Association as some kind wow. of article. That's quite uh, interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, my mum's just had her new garden because she's moved to a new house, and she's had the garden planted. And there was they've got a pond, and I was feeding the fish with uh, my daughter, um, and there was a bright yellow spider hanging mm-hmm. from one of the plants that they planted. And I was like, that is not a British spider. Yeah, that is. It was. So yellow, and it had black stripes like a bee. Oh, uh, yeah. you have seen a wasp spider, John. Right. Uh, a- and I think they started colonising Britain in the, I think in the last 10 or 15 years. Right. Um, and they're quite rare, but they're, you only find them really in the southeast. It's oh. so, a hell of a spot. Oh, right. I'll, show, I'll send you a photo. It, yeah, please do. Yeah. I've been looking for one for ages, and I've oh, not right. seen one. But I think the stripes went, they didn't go across. They went down like a... Oh. Or maybe it wasn't then. Well, maybe you found know. some. Maybe I've found something, something more new. exotic. Yeah, <laughs> I won't eat popcorn near the house. <laughs> do you remember that film, Arachnophobia? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not like not a fan of spiders, green mm. crawlies. Uh, should we do some news? Rob? Let's do some news. Okay. Well, first off, I want to say uh, R.I.P. Raymond Briggs. Yes, of course. Uh, who passed away over the summer? Um, a great artist, comic book. Writer, writer, mm. um, yeah, and professional grouch. Yes, apparently. Well, curmudgeonly. Um, yeah, yeah. I loved Fungus the Bogeyman. Me too. Um, Absolutely. I think that was the first time I came across his stuff. Was there? There was a pop-up version of it, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, just a really incredible little world he created with Fungus the Bogeyman, um, which I don't know. When I first saw it, it just seemed really. Strange, I think, because it was kind of a world next to our own, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was really fascinating for me. Yeah, those that's the one. I mean, Snowman, I was probably too old for the Snowman mm. when it came out, and I found it too saccharine for my, my yeah. taste. But, um, the, where, the wind, where blows, the wind blows just made me. So, I 
Because there, there was a film of that, wasn't there? I think there you was, played yeah. that at school. Yes, yeah, I just yeah. found it so depressing. Um, even yeah, it then, it was, just, it was just really grim. So I'd rather not. I'm not going to touch on that. I'm not going to rewatch that. But yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, so what's uh, what have you got on your list well, of news? Design wise, first one uh, was a uh, a brand refresh. <laughs> you know, we love to dis- to uh, to talk about a um, logo. Absolutely. Uh, it's not a criticism or anything. It's just that Branston Pickle is quite a uh, a British brand, I'd say, um, yeah. and they've they've rebranded. So they've gone. They've really simplified the brand as know, uh, a lot they? a lot lots lot of people are doing at the moment. They've taken out color, I think, and red before, but I like it. It's it's nice and clean, and you know, and it's yeah. you know, it, I like I like Branston Pickle. The end. The, uh- it looks like Branston Pickle, doesn't it? So, you know, it's, yeah. I, I don't you find know, it offensive. You know, Kellogg's did those and we were saying how great they were, the, the Kellogg's packaging, um, the designs. That, do you remember they've redone and they were sort of, yeah. the, the Kellogg's was bleeding off the, yeah. the edge of the box. Well, I've seen them in real life now and they, I'm not sure they work. I think they, they look like budget. They, they're so simplified, their design. They look a bit like, you know, own brand. Um, yeah. That is, that is something that own brand things do isn't it what kind of value packaging yeah you know, they i think they are big and bold i think they've 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 paired it back so much that it just looks like you know we've said this about websites all look the same now because they're so paired back um and i think that yeah i think kellogg's might have over overdone that because mm. i was yeah I, was, I, I didn't even notice the brand it was so so oh, lost right. yeah in, right. the, in the plain sort of colors but that we'll might have to pay me. attention we'll have a look pay attention have a look next time i'm in the shops other one. Oh yeah, uh, there's a uh, comic festival at um, happening in Winchester, just um, down the road from you. Just down the road from me. So it's happening in November, on the 26th of November. So um, I'm definitely going to go along to that, um, and would invite you along if you've got. Yeah, if I'm free, I would yeah. love to join you. Yeah, um, and what a lovely city to uh, have a little comic festival. Grand, in. isn't it? It will serve the whole of the south coast, which will be, you know, I think it should be enormously popular. Yeah, and, and it's not in that there London. So, well, actually, one of the sources that I think we've both used for uh, kind of design news and interesting kind of product stuff is Swiss Miss, which oh, yeah. is the the blog of Tina Roth Eisenberg, uh, and she also runs Tatley, which are these temporary tattoo thing, and that's been a big success. And she, you know, she mentions it regularly on her blog, um, and it's just been sold to Bic. Who who make the pens, mm-hmm. but who also have a temporary tattoo business, which I didn't clue about. But it's sold for four hundred million dollars. Whoa! And uh, uh, she writes a long blog post about it, and it's interesting. But it kind of doesn't without, talk without about, mentioning money. Doesn't talk about the money. And I just think, you God, imagine setting up a you know a small business that admittedly come, becomes you know quite a big successful thing, and you have to employ you know dozens of people. Imagine then, you know, getting out with that kind of money. Yeah, is she out though, or is she well and well, truly she, in? Well, she's you know she's she's consulting. I think for a for a while. Oh, I I would for four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I'd happily consult. Well, yeah. well, good, good for her because she absolutely works, she works hard. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a that's a lot of lot of isn't there, isn't it? That's a lot of tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, this week we've had. Uh, Apple have announced their oh. uh, their new range of phones, which look exactly like the old range of phones, apart from the dynamic island, John. Yeah, the Il Fluton. Yeah. Uh, I think this is sort of Emperor's New Clothes, sort of uh, misdirecting of, there's nothing to see here, but look at this. Because, uh, I, you know, yes, the animation is fairly impressive. Um if you've noticed your phone already does that kind of notification thing mm. from the top when you get a new call, um, they've just expanded that idea, haven't they? That little They've just made it thing. slick, haven't they? Um, but it's not going to revolutionise your use of the phone. There's still a bloody great black hole at the top of your telephone. Um, yeah, and I think it's just, you know, they've got nothing else new to offer. The cameras mm. aren't that great. Um, and I think that Samsung is suffering from this as well. That They're designing themselves into a, into a an area of no design, haven't they? But it's just, you know, that's it. All the phones are just black glass slabs, aren't they? Yeah, 
yeah so what can you do um other than sort of start beefing it up or um, folding I, them in half i think that new uh the new watch that well, i can't remember what they called it ultra ultra oh, it's disgusting that <laughs> i saw some photos on some kind of hands-on photographs on i think the verge and it looked like a really badly mocked up kind of uh it, knockoff yeah. of a of, of a of an apple watch you know it's like they couldn't make it quite small enough to fit all the gubbins in so they made it a bit bigger than a real apple watch and hope no one had noticed it looked awful well, I, I I've never liked the Apple Watch, so you know I've I've I use one um, mm. when it works, um, and it's okay, it's fine, um, and I can't afford a Garmin, which I quite like, you know, running. One. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I you know it's just boring, isn't it? And the Ultra one just looks disgusting. I yeah. That on my hand, and the some of the straps were just absolutely really like, garish. Like what's it's stapled yeah. together? Yeah. There was, a, there was, I think, an article, I think, again, on The Verge, I was saying, uh, does the Apple Watch Ultra make Garmin the new Nokia? Because Apple Watch is obviously going after that kind of right. uh, more professional athlete um, market. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so who knows? I mean, an entire watch, design, you know, for I, I imagine divers are loving it, but who's a diver? I mean, how many people outside of the California... <laughs> bubble you know of rugged outdoor are you going away at the weekend and get lost in the mountains i mean you can't really do oh, that God, in, yeah. in, uh, in england can you <laughs> well i mean to be honest coverage is pretty ropey around here <laughs> yeah yeah so satellite connectivity is quite handy yeah 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 no ridiculous um yeah but yeah so yeah really really boring really stayed um and there's nothing else uh interesting announced at all either was there no nothing it's it's a bit boring to be honest mm. I'm not sure if this is the same event that I attended, um, online event. It's uh, Jeca- Jessica Hish. Um, okay. She did a sort of like learn how to price creative work, mm. a little talk a while ago, and I yeah. paid, I don't know what it was, $20 or something to listen to it. I really recommend it. Um, it's on next Wednesday at uh, 9 a.m. in uh, Pacific time. So I don't know. That's probably like 6 o'clock or something. I don't know what time that is. In yeah. The anyway, you can go on there. It's on Eventbrite. Um, I'll put the, note, the link in the show notes, but I really would recommend it if you're an illustrator and you're looking to improve your the way that you run your business in terms of getting money, agents, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she's incredibly experienced, talented, and uh, and not a knob. person. Yeah, yeah, she's a, good, she's a good person. Many of the people who kind of profess, you know, kind of business advice for creatives are absolute knobs, aren't they? They on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, Twitter right. and Instagram. There's, and There's one I could mention. I'm not going to mention their name, but they are an absolute idiot. And uh, this kind of sort of statement of I, you know, this is what I, this is how I run my thing and this is mm. how you should all do it. And if you don't, you're all idiots. I mean, there's no, there's no time for that kind of no. attitude. Uh, just, uh, yeah, move on. Don't engage. There's a site that I saw, um, which is called Design Principles. Uh, it's principles.design. Nice, nice URL. I haven't looked at it yet, but it's an open source collection of design principles and methods, which sounds really, really interesting. Yeah, I think I saw this. But it is, it's it's quite bland, the design. It's sort of Swift School of uh, mm. Design. And it's and it's the productization of design, again, um, treating websites as products. I, I don't agree. I don't think they're products. <laughs> you know, I think that some are. Uh, going onto the DVLA website or, you know, mm. rebooking insurance or your bank or whatever. But most of them are businesses advertising this, you know, marketing, they're marketing sites, aren't they? We don't yeah. all want marketing sites to look like this. I mean, otherwise you just have a, you'd have a world without nice brochures and nice yeah. bits of printed material. We should make websites more like that again, I think. Um, but anyway, it's their design principles. Have a read of it. There's loads of interesting articles yeah. on all sorts of different designs. It looks really interesting, actually. It's sort of a mixture of sort of articles by people about specific uh, sort of parts of design, isn't it? And then um, almost kind of like a sort of brand guidelines and stuff by companies. And yeah, looks interesting. 
Talk on Gitter. What's Gitter? What is Gitter? No idea what Gitter is. Gitter, Twitter, Mastodon. They've always got new things, haven't they? I know I've heard mm. of Mastodon that, that that people were so upset they tried to move on to something where nobody talks to anybody. Is that right? Is that... No, that's uh, Parler, I think. Right. Okay. Mastodon, I think, is a, is sort of a, a poses to be like a good guy. It's an open source uh, kind of Twitter clone type thing. When I click on it, it goes to Brignell.co and says it's trying to steal my financial information. So oh, dear. That's not good, is it? No. What's Gitter? Gitter.im. No idea. I have to have a word with Ben, ben Brignell about that. Who's Ben Brignell? He's the designer that runs that uh, Design Principles uh, okay. site. So I don't know if there's some dodgy uh, advertising that's um, found its way onto his Oh, I thought it was some business. Well, I, I, I've changed. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't being uh, horribly cynical about the no, actual, no, no, no. The actual effort of the site. I just, uh, yeah, it just brings in line of uh, the, the continued product nature, yeah, yeah, nature yeah. of design. But um, yeah, 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 it's, it's a well done, Ben, for uh, bringing all that stuff together. Um, that is all my design news. Um, let's get quite a lot of design news. You've been, you've been quite designy today, John. Well, I've stored quite a lot over the last 84 days, Rob. (laughs) Like a Uh, a hamster with a a cheeks full of peanuts. Where many people started their design love, um, or love of creative stuff, uh, playing the Atari 2600 in the late seventies, early eighties. There's now a Lego version of it. Um, Even, even with cartridges. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. I I want, but I haven't got room for it. Or money. I had uh, console envy. I never owned a console when I was a kid. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, well, I didn't have an Atari. My friend Adam had a, an Atari. Um, yeah, I had a Philips Video Pack, which you know you might as well not have a console. It was so uncool. Yeah. It'd be like you know asking for a BMX and being given a Grifter. Oh, that feels uh, like it was aimed directly at me. That's exactly what happened to me in about 1979. <laughs> uh, I love that grifter. It got stuck in third gear, but I could still pull a wheelie all the way to the shops on it. <laughs> well, I had the I had a smaller version of it called a Commando that was uh, like yeah. camouflaged. Um, yeah, but I, it was like a Striker, wasn't there? Which was like was a real BM, BMW uh, uh, BMX yeah. knockoff. And then the Commander was it Commander or Commando? And I then think the it was grifter, Commando. It yeah. got nicked. The, grift, the like, grifter weighed about three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a brute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They talk about people being injured by cyclists now, but if you were riding those <laughs> things, <laughs> they're getting hit by a car absolutely horse. flattened. Yeah. Oh, have you seen this, Rob? It's called Be Real. I, I have it's on the website, and it just made me want to just die a little bit more inside. Um, mm. it's a French. I think it's French site. Uh, they're trying to, uh, it's a new sort of social media thing where you get a message. I Correct me if I'm wrong here. So you get a message from uh, your group of friends in this um, social media app and you all have to take a picture within a certain amount of time, a couple of minutes. And then it's yeah. to you. I think you have to upload a picture within a couple of minutes at the same time every day when the app notifies you. And you can't see any of your friends' photographs until you've uploaded a photograph. And it encourages you. I think you have to take a picture and it takes a selfie at the same time and uploads both images. Oh, my God. So that you can't kind of be false about it. Okay. But obviously people are getting around that and, you know, doing the whole kind of um, curated photo thing like they do on Instagram, Uh, which uh, Instagram also is about to launch. Uh, its own version of it because of course, course really they, really they because they're, they're such industry leaders everything yeah what an absolute yeah that is a mess that site isn't it it that is app. absolute yeah. mess yeah um so they dialed back from creating these full screen real things haven't they mm. um, in the in your actual feed oh, i, I think because kim kardashian complained didn't she <laughs> i think that's what oh, yeah, tipped the balance um there, you know, Twitter, there's my Twitter app. Suddenly there's a bar at the top that wants me to like, it covers everything. And there's, it's some kind of chat thing. Circles. Um, yeah. Mm. Maybe my Twitter's only just updated, but it's only maybe. just, and I can't, you can't get rid of it. I don't use a Twitter app. So, um, mm. 
when I see people complaining about Twitter saying, oh, I got to be chronological. I'm sick of all these ads. Oh, hate these circles. I just I use Tweetbot. Uh, yeah. I think I might have that somewhere. Yeah. Tweetbot. Um, yes, yeah, so circles is a thing where you can pick a select bunch of people to see certain tweets, like a little group uh, Twitter. It seems like it's like a live audio feed. Oh, I th- oh, you can do audio as well. Oh, yeah. ghastly. Yeah. Someone actually pointed out that yeah, it's impossible to see how many people have been invited to a circle. There's someone saying it's, uh, it could be a bit sinister because you could effectively be, it's almost like getting DM'd by someone right. without you knowing that you're the only person getting the messages. Okay. Which is a bit weird. I've created a, I've created a new section in our in our notes called annoyances. Oh. So this is you know although it might sound like I've been moaning so far no I haven't even got started yet. I mean it's kind of tricky really to 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 judge with you John. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Raymond Briggs being a curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. No, Come I, on then I, let's get on to annoyances. I I, I I I see good things when I see good things I see things about them. You do. Um, this is true. Awesome merchandise not mm covering themselves or have not covered themselves in glory less recently. Awesome. um and the, i think they're learning uh the after effects of do not upset the artist community mm. <laughs> especially as that's the only uh the only community that your business is based around um, yeah that they are absolutely doomed um they uh basically they've gone into administration um and then it turns out that the uh managing director has set up a new company put money into that and then transferred the rights of the company into that new company therefore yeah. leaving any creditors and uh there's they did some crowdfunding didn't they to launch yeah. into uh into america. america um they've just that that debt will not be repaid mm. um which is you know uh, as i said to rob on a text message when we were talking about it was you know that's that's just businesses isn't it that's the way that they will you know, yep. they will find a way. Um, but uh, I think that continuing to take people's money and not deliver uh, products is really, really disgusting behaviour. Yeah, because I think also they kept it completely under wraps, didn't they? They didn't sort of mention any of the changes. Or they sh- They've shut down uh, their Texas operation, um, so laid off all the staff, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not fulfilling any orders there either. So... Um, Make of that what you will, but I would recommend not using awesome merchandise or whatever their new Absolutely. moniker is. Yeah. Um, so maybe he'll be. Uh, there's a really good article on um, the Observer this weekend about the uh, super rich people building amazing bunkers to live in. Once is this related? Is this related to you clearing out your garage, John? Yeah. Well, I built. I started building one. No, it may be where that. Um, the the uh, MD of Orchard Mer- Merchandise may be uh, heading towards. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're welcome to sit in their luxurious bunkers while, the, you know. World burns. Yes. Um, I've, I'd be quite uh, happy if they all buggered off to their bunkers now, to be honest. Yeah, they could just go there now. That'd be yeah. great. Um, and I see you've got a link to um, this vertical, uh, vertical or horizontal city. I mean, but, uh, I just—it was just the tweet, really. I mean, I've, I've, there's, there's been more out about this city that's been proposed in Saudi Arabia that's some kind of concept, but it's called Neom, and um, it gives residents a convenient lifestyle within five-minute walk neighborhoods and communities organized in three dimensions. The line is the future of urban living. No, it is not the it's future. Crazy, of isn't urban it? Hundred and hundred and seventy kilometer long. Uh, but city at the skyscraper in the middle of a desert. It's just, just in the middle of a desert. Yeah, just what? horrific. I yeah, the whole con, the whole concept is um, it's just hideous, horrible, yeah. um, and pointless. And you can you can uh, imagine how many agencies, PR firms, consultancies are just feasting on this absolutely power of an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just also just imagine if it ever actually happened the the dystopian horror that would be behind the scenes as you know poorly paid indentured workers slaved away in squalid conditions to furnish the needs of the rich just be horrific 
You're going into, into politics, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> You're rubbing off on me, John. AI, uh, the AI painting uh, has won a fine arts prize, Rob. Yeah. Um, um, first, so this was in uh, Charles Arthur's brilliant blog, The Overspill. Um, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend uh, signing up to, or you can follow him on Twitter and he sort of announces it every, I think he does it every day nearly. Yeah. Um, he just seems to get the best stories and he, the way he looks at them and the way he talks about them is just absolutely fantastic. You're, if you're slightly liberal leaning as well, um, he sort of sees everything with a slightly cynical older eye. Um, but yeah, this AI painting one, uh, uh, fine arts. He's uh, the the person who submitted it. Said, "Oh, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Um, you know, it's in, all within the rules." Um, and I'm going to follow that up with. Uh, I think this was from Daring Fireball who posted this. Uh, it's on Andy's dot page, and he's been messing about with a um an app called Stable Diffusion, which is one of these AI art generators. Um, and he says in it, um, uh, it you can add specific artists into the name of the, uh, so it's a, it's a, a CLI app. So basically, you know, like in the olden days, you, you have yeah. a prompt and you type in what you, the specifics that you want it, uh, the parameters. Um, but you can also put artist names in there and he says it really does improve the output. However, I feel a bit uneasy doing this. Is it illegal? Certainly not. Is it unethical? Probably not, but it still feels a bit wrong to me somehow. But you still went ahead and did it, didn't you? And um, and then it says, you know, the outputs um, uh, go. In fact, given that an AI model can re can create a Greg Rutkowski lookalike in moments, while a real red a Greg Rutkowski probably takes probably takes many hours of work. Probably no, no way. Yeah. The fact that he paints in oils and stuff. Um, it's not hard to imagine that one day soon a search for his work will yield more AI-generated images than real ones. This is a bit off-putting to me, but I'm still going to go ahead yeah. and create that AI. Now, this is it. This is the sort of the fundamental thing about uh, social media uh, and sort of tech with the world is that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, absolutely. I think all this is going to mean is that all artists will remove their work from online because they won't want it to be ripped off. It's a it's a massive thing, and the, there's kind of a huge amount of discourse about it because there's a lot of top concept artists using it. Midjourney and Dali were the first ones that kind of came out, and I had a go at Midjourney to see kind of what it was about, and yeah, you put in prompts and you put in artists' names and. and yeah. This uh, stable diffusion seems to be the next evolution of it, and it's much more impressive. Um, but you've got a there's a a bunch of you know well known concept artists who are using it and using it as the kind of basis of work, and then doing kind of Photoshop paint overs and stuff, or using it as the as an inspiration, like a a, a, a jumping off point for something. And then there's obviously a whole host of the internet that's just using it to create art. Uh, and there's a big amount of uh, conversation about whether it's ethical, whether artists should be putting together a cease and desist to remove their names from the databases, to prevent them from using their names in, in prompts. Um, and it's just appalling. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about whether or not art directors are going to start doing away with concept artists because, you know, for certain initial exploration of stuff, they can just put in prompts and get and get stuff and then maybe give it to 3D sculptors or, you know, kind of cutting out a section of that process. Yeah, but it won't end at just artists, will it? It will, it will be 3D sculptors. But that, the, yeah, yeah. The thing will create 3D meshes, won't it, from the work? But yeah. Well, you've seen Dali. got to stop or- using it. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to though. So the, the, you know, it's the Pandora box has been opened, and um, you know, I think that concept artists that are using it are being very naive because their their own work will become worthless. Exactly, and they're they're feeding the machine, which you yeah, know, the exactly. more you use it, the the better it gets. So this stable diffusion, if people don't know, is you you basically you you do a very rough thumbnail sketch. You know, you could literally put a color background in. You can draw a couple of shapes and then give it the parameters of what it's going to create. And so any old office monkey could do that 
you know, oh, can you create me a nice 3D sort of presentation? Yeah. In, in it goes, press the button. You know, I don't know how long these things take to, to create because I haven't tried yeah. them. But, um, and, the, and, and it's job done. And that sort of bypasses any kind of creative thinking. And this yeah. is where at the beginning of the show I was saying about the fact that we never like why why are briefs becoming so vague and mm. unending because the work is <laughs> there's no there's no form to it anymore is yeah. there it's, it's, and it's it's already broken out into the kind of real world because there's been a couple of instant well quite a few instances of uh, magazine articles using ai generated images obviously it's free you don't have to pay yeah. a, an artist you, know, you don't have to pay a, an image library um and i'm on uh a um, channel for talking about concept art and particularly spaceship concept art. And there's a discussion on there. And one of the artists on there, concept artist, is already getting AI generated images from an art director saying, this is what I want. Yeah. So, you know, someone is already almost out of a job there. It's yeah. just, just nuts. So you're right. People, artists using it, uh, like turkeys voting for Christmas. It's, yeah, it's it's the whole NFT thing as well, isn't it? It's just feeding. You know, it's amazing as well how that crosses over with. Well, of the course NFT it does because because NFT will be generating art based on. Yeah. You know, the the word that you type in and pay mm. hundred dollars for your piece of art, the NFT will generate that, attach yeah. something to it, and there won't be any artists connected to it at yeah. all, will there? Um, Insane and scary. Is, yeah, it's. It's uh, yeah, it, it's 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 very scary. Yeah, there's also um, a version for music, which yeah, is of course there is. thought. So I mean, it's like you know, um, let's go to the Lord of the Rings and the uh, the elves created those uh, those beautiful magical rings, but they didn't realise the evil that they were uh, they were opening. Rob, exactly, John. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's kind of a, that's me done, really. That's very much that. me done. Um, but I think we we would definitely be coming back to uh, to talk about this in the future, mm. um, um, and we'll create some new um, some new art based on um, on the algorithm that we're going to input into our own art generating machine, yeah. which is me and Illustrator really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so should we get on to pies? We Let's get on to for, that's a world record. Yeah, an hour and twelve. Right? Yeah, what have so, you got, Jonathan? I've be, uh, I've got a pork, chicken, and ham pressed sort of like picnic pie. Oh, I got a slice from the deli, like a gala pie without a, an egg. Yeah, sorry, that's really noisy, isn't it? That's okay. It all adds to the ambiance. Yeah, it's quite a chunk. It's got a lattice top. It's a hot rate hot crust pie. Uh, it's a nice bit of jelly there. Oh yeah, does that look? That, good? Lo- that looks pretty good. Looks like a yeah. sort of a game pie. Yeah, I'm gonna have a little nibble. Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite good. It's very sagey. Yeah, the pork sort of overwhelms everything else. I'm not a big fan of sage. I find it a bit metallic. Yeah, I mean this is strong and um, pastry. A bit soft, not bad. I mean, I'm starving, so <laughs> really nice. But it's a lovely looking pie. I think aesthetically, yeah. it's a it's going to be a strong seven. I like a lattice. Taste wise, too much sage, bit salty. Six. Okay. What have you got, Rob? I have got a uh, ham hock chicken and leek pie from Armstrong's Butchers in St Margaret's, and I think you tested this pie several years ago. Okay. Um, but I'm we can look on the place. database. Hold up, it's a good-looking little pie. Yeah. Um, Shellcrust pastry, lots of ham hock, which is good. Let me just uh, shovel some of this into my mouth. I mean, Armstrong pies, I don't think I've ever got anything less than an eight, and I don't think this is going to get anything less than an eight. It's really good. Nice, crunchy pastry. Seasoning, just bang on. Plenty of ham hock. That's a good pie. Nice. It's going to get a... It's going to get an 8.9. Oh, I just got into the jelly bit. Oh, has it gone up a mark? Yeah, a fraction? that's going up seven. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Well, we're going to have to do an evening one so we can have a beer. Yes, we are. Um, 
Maybe we'll try you, that next week. You still off beer? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, okay. I can always, you know, have a Negroni <clears throat> or something. Oh, Negroni. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not having one now with your beret on it. You. I don't know. I had a rhubarb Negroni at the, at the weekend. That was nice. <clears throat> How was the pig? Pig was delicious. Um, big hotel, not the pig itself. Uh, yeah, so I haven't been to that one before. Um, is it a nice one? It is very nice. Very pretty. Uh, lovely part of the world, isn't it? It's lovely down there. Um, kind of about four miles from Arundel. Um, but yes, recommend that pig. Amazing food. And they do these little kind of bar snacks and they do little crispy potatoes, which are those kind of you know, sliced potatoes, confit, and then deep fried. <gasps> My God. Wow. So good. So good. Yeah, they they good. Just, just have some of those. Just pop in for lunch. Have some of those. I will. Ah, right. Well, I'm going to go finish my pie now, John. Yeah. Um, but it was and, uh, uh, a delight catching up. Nice to be back. And, yeah, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll pencil in some annoyances for the next episode. Please do. And I uh, mean, it might just be full of AI art. Oh. Yeah. Well, we need to find some good things in this world. We do. All right. Well, keep uh, buggering on, as Mr. Churchill said. Where you are. We'll do. You too. Take it easy. You too. And I'll uh, talk to you next week.